You're listening to Coach Every Day, a purposeful way to connect and create meaning for other humans in their context as we hurdle through the universe on our complex and uncertain planet. Coach Every Day is about creating clarity in the absence of certainty during our continuous effort to achieve truly mutualistic relationships in response to those who want us all to be a little less human. I'm Brad Eisen, and I coach every day. Like a lot of professions, people are always curious to know how another coach got into coaching. It's not something that you come out of high school saying you want to do as a career. Maybe more and more as coaching in the profession evolves, that's a possibility. But coaching has always been something that's been part of another field. So, for example, uh, in business, you you might go into university for a business degree or, or a BA or an MBA. And coaching will be this short module on how to interact with others in a way that is about leading them to a a greater goal. And so it's always interesting to hear where people started and then what led them to begin their coaching journey. And that's where I want to start off with this podcast is just quickly getting into how I got into coaching And then that'll segue into talking about Coach Every Day and how I got here. I consider myself really lucky. Right when I graduated uh, post-secondary, I was already working for General Electric. And at the time, there was the Jack Welch School of Leadership that Uh, All GE employees had the ability to go through. And we had leadership courses that spoke a little bit about coaching. But again, it was it was just a thing. It was just a short module. And and there wasn't anything significant. The coaching framework that General Electric used used was was basically like a triangle. And at the top of the triangle, you had ask a question and then you'd go down the right side of the triangle triangle to the next point and it would say listen and then you'd go across the bottom of the triangle and it would say give feedback and then you'd go back up to the point of the triangle and you'd ask another question and that was a very rudimentary three-step coaching process you ask questions you listen you give feedback and you continue that cycle And as a manager who was working in a very fast-paced, high-performing general electric office where the, the mantra was still kind of like, you know, there's this bell curve. And if you're in the middle of the bell curve, you're doing well. But, you know, to be a high performer, you needed to get onto the right side of the bell curve and that high performance. But if you weren't performing, you were on the left side of the bell curve and and at GE, uh, you know, that, that could mean losing your job because you're not performing. And so I quickly learned the value 
of asking open-ended questions, listening, giving the person a little bit of feedback on what I heard, and then seeing this light bulb go off on their head because just through that Socratic process of asking questions, they figured out their problem. And when you're in an environment where you've got to make decisions, this was a call center. So, you know, staff were were getting call after call after call and they were having to deal with customers that were upset most of the time. And there was a decision process involved in that problem solving. And so staff were making decisions by the second uh, every two to three minutes, like they'd be on a three minute call and then they'd have like five or six decisions a minute. They'd have to click in the software and make a decision and say something and, and follow the quality protocols. And so when a staff member came to me with a, a problem, it wasn't my job as the manager. And I'll get back to why I was really lucky. I'm going off on this tangent, but it was my job as a manager to help them solve the problem, not take the problem on myself. So by asking questions, listening, giving them the opportunity to kind of work the problem out uh, outside of their own mental model, out, outside of their own head, and giving them a little bit of feedback by either paraphrasing or mirroring what they said, or recognizing a behavior that might be preventing them from making the decision, I could always see that light bulb go off in their head. And for me, I always use that coach approach for my staff. And I, I said I was really lucky with GE because, I mean, GE's leadership philosophy back in 2005 as far as I was concerned, was was cutting edge. I mean, we had diversity, equity, inclusion uh, committees, LGTBQ. The LGTBQ community was attracted to GE because they hired such a diverse talent pool. So very, very early on in my career, right out of post-secondary, not only was I allowed or given the privilege of being put into a management and a leader pos leadership position in a very uh, mature organization, I was introduced to coaching. And where that led me to was uh, I, I left General Electric for the government of Alberta in 2008 because I wanted I wanted to gain new experiences. I wanted to kind of get out of management. I had been managing for about four years in a very high-paced environment, and I wanted to, I wanted to get public sector experience. I wanted to get a little bit more that raw project management experience. So I applied for the government of Alberta. Luckily, I got a two-year temporary position as a business analyst at Alberta Health in the Compliance Assurance Branch. So we were tasked with having to develop long-term healthcare standards and ground ambulance standards. Plus, we were also trying to tackle the, the idea of uh, doctors overbilling and overprescribing, which was something new back then but 
today in the context of overdosing and uh, drug use, prescription drug use, back in 2008, trying to figure out how doctors, we could mitigate the overprescription of certain drugs was, was cutting edge, at least in Alberta. So I got on as a, a business analyst there, uh, also got into business continuity. And the real reason I, I wanted to work at the government of Alberta was because when I was planning my exit of GE, and it was very planned, I came across this exciting field of emergency management. Because so I was always wondering, like, how could I apply my management skills into a career that I thought would be different and exciting? So I, I researched and, and found out actually in 2007, the Alberta Emergency Management Agency was just established. And I was like, wow, that seems really cool. I'm going to try and get a job there. So I went to the government of Alberta in 2008, started with Alberta Health, got really lucky again, uh, got in at the right time where they were looking in our branch for, you know, volunteers and air quotes to support business continuity management. So essentially they needed someone in my branch who could coordinate the business continuity planning. And I know I, I've said this a few times, but I've, I again, getting, getting to Alberta Health, I got really lucky because I met Tina Maslick there. And Tina was responsible for business continuity planning across the entire ministry. Uh, it was just her and a fellow named Bruce. And th there was just two people uh, responsible for this. And I saw this as a huge opportunity to get experience uh, in the in business continuity, which I did. Tina was, uh, I, I owe Tina uh, a great amount of gratitude because she, you know, kind of guided me through the process. She was really good at bringing people from across the ministry together to to plan and, and talk about some of the issues. And, and I think because, you know, she was just with a, a team of two, you know, the more support that, that we could provide, Tina, the more she just allowed us to kind of run with it. And, and, I'll, and I owe so much to her. But that, that got me a little bit of experience. And then uh, I got shifted around Alberta Health a, a little bit. Um, I, I was tasked with jumping into the out-of-province and in-province team who was responsible for uh, going through claims. So if you had a in-province or out-of-province health claim, they were the team. They had a, a huge backlog and so I came in in a team lead position to kind of help them, you know, lean their way out of, of that backlog with some process improvements. And then I was also responsible with the transition of the air ambulance process from Alberta Health to Alberta Health Services. Plus, I was also involved in uh, helping transgender people. Uh, get assistance for their surgeries in Montreal because at the time, or they still do, but at the time the government of Alberta had started a grant program or an assistance program for people that needed surgery uh, as they were going through their transgender journey. 
And I, I was helping uh, lead some of that process. So during that time, I, I was temporary and I was looking for permanent work in the government, but I wasn't too worried about it. And a position came up at the Alberta Emergency Management Agency. And it was a, uh, a step lower down than the job I had. It was a one-year secondment because the person was going on mat leave and it was in the disaster recovery program area. And this role was really just to work with municipalities through the disaster recovery grant process. And I figured, hey, what a great opportunity to, to get into AEMA, uh, create some relationships, get some experience, and, and see if I like it. Well, I went through the interview process and later found out that I had no shot at the interview or getting the job, basically because somebody was already promised it. And the interview process was just one of those formalities. And anyway, uh, I found that out later. But I did. they did have a manager of the program uh, job opening. And, and I didn't apply for it at first because it was... It seemed really scary because it, all it talked about was managing budget, managing money and, and finances. And, and I wasn't too excited to go into a job where I was managing government budgets. I'd only been in the government for two years uh, at GE. Didn't really need to, to manage budgets that much. It was more about managing people. But they invited me for an interview and I went for the interview and they offered me the job and uh, I, I accepted it. And so where this is all leading is, again, this gave me opportunity to coach. Um, I was back in a management position. I was back leading a team. And I was back in into that coach approach seat where I was able to support my staff mostly by asking questions, helping them figure out their own issues with their own solutions, and really giving them autonomy in their job and empowering them to take ownership of their work. I was just a sounding board. I was just a thinking partner. And, and that's how I led. And as I progressed in my career, um, I, I moved into, in 2017, into the Director of Training, Accreditation and Standards at AEMA. And through that, uh, I became aware of an internal Government of Alberta coaching program. And so I signed up for the coaching training, took uh, the first level of coaching. That's where I really started my formal accredited professional coaching journey. It was back in 2017 through that program. Uh, I became an internal Government of Alberta uh, manage, manager and leadership coach. I, you know, again, volunteered in air quotes to support the development of group, a group coaching project or program at the government of Alberta, uh, where a group of coaches about, I think there's a dozen of us, developed a group coaching program for leaders across the government to come together and, and learn how to be leaders together in a very safe and supportive uh, and curious environment. And it was that experience that led me to 
continuing on with my training, getting my, my mastery level, and then eventually being accredited by the International Coaching Federation. That was a big goal of mine. I wanted the credibility of accreditation and, and I wanted to be part of a larger coaching community. I left the government of Alberta in April 2020, just at the start of COVID, to open up my own coaching company. It was based in emergency management. And did that for a, a couple of years, experimented in different things around coaching, around technology, got to work with some amazing clients. I, I uh, took on two contracts with Nate where I coached their emergency management diploma, uh, two cohorts of students in you know, career, entering into the workforce, getting into emergency management, and, and understanding the world of emergency management. Worked with a very good friend of mine, uh, retired fire chief out of City of Medicine Hat, Ron Robinson. Him and I uh, co-led the design and development of the uh, college Medicine Hat College Crisis Leadership Program. And through that, we also uh, contracted a uh, an emergency management student by the name of Sarah Cowan out of York University who helped us with the crisis communications piece. So got to do that. Worked with Lethbridge College in uh, coaching them through some exercise design. Worked with Salvation Army Emergency Disaster Services to transition their training environment into a virtual reality training environment. That was really something I never expected to do going into a coaching company. Worked with a couple small municipalities in their protective services to, to coach management. And, and then also uh, really grateful to meet uh, a gentleman by the name of Rick Reed. He's the VP of operations at Silvacom. And they brought me on to coach their operations team on coaching and provide coaching to their senior leadership team. So those are just a few things that I've done with my coaching um, ever since that spark at General Electric back in, in that 2004, 2005, 06 range. And to go from a very rudimentary level of coaching to now today where I'm doing this podcast based on my own coaching framework. Uh, again, I, I never would have thought that I would be at this point. And I am so grateful to those that brought me up not only through emergency management and, and through coaching, um, I feel that I've got to give back to the community as a whole with coaching resources. So that's why I've started Coach Every Day. Very early on in my emergency management career, I met a gentleman by the name of Ron Kuban, who mentored me for many, many years. Uh, before I got to the Alberta Emergency Management Agency, he really... Uh, supported me and helped me navigate different education uh, options. He taught me about emergency management through a mentorship. I, I, I was, when I went into emergency management, I was learning from someone that had already been in it for almost 15 years and had written a book. So he was giving me insights 
into the profession that they just weren't teaching at school yet. And so I'm I'm forever grateful to to him. And and there's just so many others that I will highlight and and talk about through this podcast series uh, as as I develop it. So that's my journey into coaching. And that's what's led me to develop the Coaching for Complexity framework, which I'm, I'm going to, you know, the plan is to uh, use this podcast as a way to verbalize the framework, as a way to help people coach every day in the job they're in without having to go through the significant expense of accredited training. I started coaching with some very simple strategies and tactics. If I can do it, anybody can do it. And so I'm giving back. I'm taking all of my knowledge that I've gained over the last uh, 18 years as a manager, leader, and coach and wrapping it all into this framework which is available on our Coach Everyday Wiki if you have not been there. Um, it's uh, The link is available in the, the, the comments. Uh, I will also, I've also set up a Coach Everyday Discord channel for those that want support. And then I'll be doing this podcast quite regularly and getting into the very specifics of the Coaching for Complexity framework. So that's all I want to spend on today, uh, today's episode. I hope that my story and my journey of how I got into coaching uh, inspires other young leaders to adopt it as a practice, as a way of leading, as a way of managing, as a way of being. So we can continue as a human race to evolve under the aspects of mutualism. Um, one other reason I'm doing this is, is because of the uprise of technology and, and COVID keeping us all at home. Um, the, the uprise of AI type technology. I just think that coaching is one of those tools that will help us all stay a little bit more human. Thanks for listening, and I hope you catch our next episode.